Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with independent filmmakers. I'm your host, Andrew Froning, and today I'm here with Jess Mealy of This Jess Productions. Um, Jess have recently had a short film called Pay Me No Mime that aired on Channel 13, which is super, super exciting. And you've won um, Best Short Runner-Up and... Uh, best actress and you've written and directed this how does that feel to have so much success from a, a short project That's which is so rare exciting. I feel. yeah <laughs> team yeah it's it's rare it seems for a short to go you know maybe beyond a couple film festivals or youtube yeah. but you got yours on tv yes <laughs> that's terrific how did that happen um, I think I had seen an ad on Facebook. So the competition is called Real 13, R-E-E-L-1-3. Okay. And any filmmakers can submit. I don't think it even asks if you're from the area. They just do an international contest. Hmm. Um, you have to meet qualifications, which is basically just that it's under 10 minutes, I believe. And... I submitted it and I forgot about it and then they were like, hey, you qualified, you're in the you know, final round, do you still want to do this? If yes, we're going to put it to a vote with two other shorts and whoever gets the most votes in one week is going to air on television. So I didn't know whether or not we had a chance because the other two projects were really interesting too. Um, one was about a girl who, I think she turned like, 25 and she was auditioning for a teenage role and she's like I'm too old for this um and it had a lot of like magical realism to it I thought it was really good okay but I mean this whole the whole contest like the main thing with any audience choice you have to tell everybody to vote <laughs> sure sure oh my chair I should mention I have a uh, pneumatic chair that slides down so every now and then I get a little bit of a shock <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's terrific and um you know while we're talking about uh, a non-traditional release for a short film you've recently done some projects um mm -hmm. i remember hearing something about a um, um a, a quarantine pandemic um covid19 uh, project <laughs> as well as you've done some monologues with actors that yeah, it wasn't just like you slapped them in front of a, a white wall and you know they were talking to no one um but they were produced like shorts so you do a lot of non-traditional things as well yeah i guess you could say that uh i had a monologue sitting around for what i was hoping was going to be a fully developed short and i knew some actors who needed stuff for their reels or at least i wanted them to have stuff for their reels like i just wanted to support everybody and be like i know you're a great actress i want to get you more work and to do that, you have to have previous work to share with people. So it's a comedic monologue. It's about two to three minutes on paper. But then, you know, you film it and everybody has their own interpretation of it. So a lot of them varied from like two and a half minutes to five minutes. Um, and it just takes place in a house. So I got really lucky with my actors. I asked everybody, do you have a location in mind when you're reading this? A lot of them was like, yeah, my house will work. We brought in a really small crew, camera, sound, um, and it was two actors, somebody to interact with. 
And uh, we did them three weekends, pretty close back to back almost. Uh, so it was kind of a learning curve for me because you don't realize how many people have boring white walls <laughs> and have to make it look interesting. <laughs> That's why I've, you know, decorated mine with all this crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just threw this stuff up. It's usually behind my computer where only I can see it. All right, um, set dressing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. And I worked with some actors for the first time. They worked with each other for the first time. It was great networking for everyone. We had four different DPs. I think I had the same sound guy on every one. Hmm. And even some of those DPs I was working with for the first time, they're using their own cameras. They wanted to have fun and play with new equipment. Um, nice. Yeah, so I feel like everybody benefited something from it. And then I just cut it together myself, colored it, which was really simple. Um, I got some help from the DPs for that. It was just a really big collaboration, and I want to keep doing it. <laughs> That's great. And uh, speaking of collaboration... You're working on a project um, during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about that and how that came about and how you're able to work with people. Yeah, so pretty early on in this, probably like the third week of March, um, I was looking for some new jobs to do during or after this whole pandemic. I really want to finally just focus on writing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the jobs are asking for different material, a variety. I'm used to comedy. Um, so I wanted to go a little bit darker. I'm really inspired by Saturday Night Live skits. And they have a skit called The War in Words, which is two characters in two different locations writing letters back and forth to each other. Hmm. Um, one of them is a soldier in a war, and the other one is his wife. And he is, like, thirsty for information, and he's trying to pull stuff out of her. And the comedy comes from her just being so, like, not all there. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I wrote something based off of that format. Uh, it's called The Lockdown in Letters. Mm -hmm. And I got really lucky. Um, one of my girlfriends from college, Jess Arena, she's very tech savvy she's used to being behind the camera but she's also an actress and she's used to editing and everything um she did the monologue that we were talking about previously and she basically did everything except for write it uh mm. so we got to collaborate again on this pandemic project so i hooked up with her to be one of the actors and then um we had to talk to a few other people to see who really had the accessible resources and then we ended up getting Buddy Kane to be our second actor. So it's supposed to take place between a wife and her husband um, at the start of this whole pandemic. He went out to get a bottle of liquor just as they were closing the state lines so he's stuck at a, a hotel somewhere else in another state and they're writing each other letters and so each of the actors really had to take um, direction but also some creative liberties using just what they had and set the camera up on the tripod and just read their scenes by themselves and everything came together so well like it looks amazing 
and we have it in post now. We're waiting for some original music. Um, but yeah, it's a big collaboration between This Just Films and JA Cinema, which is Jess Arena's uh, production company. Awesome. Can't yeah. wait to see it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just really important for everybody to be doing something right now. Like, you can't really not. Like, there's kind of no excuse, especially if you're not going into work like you usually were if your schedule is much more looser right now you have so much time right it's either this or you know stress out yeah <laughs> to the max <laughs> yeah it's nice to have a distraction and that's kind of what our form has always been like it's a little break from reality right well, that's great stay creative yes all right jess so we had talked about making a typical house you know my house has white walls uh, your house has white walls. Yeah. We're indie filmmakers, you know, we don't, we can't afford paint. What, um, tips do you have? <laughs> um, I mean, you can see like with my home office here, this is just a guest room mm. and my walls are really bare. So when we were just setting up for this interview, I sat down in my little frame and I was like, all right, what do I have? What can I do? And the biggest advice is pops of color. Um, and that's what we had to do when I was doing these monologues back and forth. Um, the concept was that a character had just come home from a really horrific shopping event and they're delivering their monologue just at the front door. So, you know, we got to play with putting some decor on the door itself near the door frame. So we had like coat racks, a little side table to put their keys. We brought flowers in, a lot of picture frames, and just something to really differentiate between the actor and the walls around them. I mean, especially when you're working with actors who are really light skin toned, um, and if they're gonna kind of be washed into your walls, mm, between, right. you know, decorating your walls, but also your wardrobe choices. And you know, it's you don't always have the opportunity on an indie set to have somebody in every single role. So we're so used to taking on multiple roles, especially if you're directing your own project. You kind of get in that mindset of, I know how I want it to look. Um, and when I was going to do these monologues, I was asking all the actors for pictures of their locations. So I knew that ahead of time. I knew what their walls looked like. I knew how much space we had to work with. You don't realize until you get there and have the camera set up what it's going to look like in the frame. Right. <laughs> I, I have, I'm a big fan of taking pictures when you do a set visit. Um, but the problem is the pictures are usually on my cell phone, which has a right. very wide camera. And then, you, you know, <laughs> if you're not conscious of, oh, this place is really small, you know, if somebody else does a set visit, sends you pictures, you're like, wow, this basement is huge. But it's not. Yeah, we got lucky. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> we got lucky with one of our actors' houses. Her and her husband had just painted the walls. Okay. So they had blue walls and pink walls. Beautiful. And we just had to throw artwork around or like tchotchkes around to kind of break it up a little bit. But in that scenario, I wasn't as prepared. So we got really lucky that they just happened to have a lot of options at their house. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, people who work in set design or wardrobe are hoarders because you never know where you, when you're going to need something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if you have like a go-to grab bag or how yeah. much time you allocate beforehand in pre-production for, you know, maybe I'll use this, maybe I'll use this. 
Yeah, I have some um, big totes in my basement of the most random stuff, and I'll look through and see what I have, um, and then I'll make a lot of trips to like Target, Michaels, Walmart, where I can just buy some cheap stuff, especially fake flowers are really good. Mm-hmm. Live flowers, that's awesome, but then you can't use them again, you know, so. Right. Um. <laughs> I also find good stuff on like the Target clearance rack. Yeah. I'll just, that that's one aisle I'll just walk down just for no reason. You might find something really cool that can just make something pop. Yeah, exactly. Right. Colors are fun. <laughs> Colors but are yeah, fun. my day job is um, the sets and props department at QVC. Um, before I got there, I was doing freelance whatever for a year, and I got really lucky and I fell into set design. I'm like going really backwards with this, but um, no, not I, at all. Tell us about um, set design. Because <laughs> uh, I worked in retail doing visual merchandising, so I was at PacSun in New Jersey when I was a lot younger, and then I moved to Philly and I was at Macy's for two years, and then I took a year off when my store closed and I knew some uh, some guys with a production company, 360 Digital Studios who I had worked with one of them, um, Joel, as a production assistant on some projects. And he knew what my background was. He was like, hey, my company is doing this music video in the DC area and we need a set designer. Is that something you'd be interested in? And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. Like (laughs) combining film and visual stuff. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, That's excellent. Did you ever think of that before then or was it just something that clicked in that moment? I mean, it was definitely something that I was pursuing being freelance because, like, I was coming directly from visual merchandising and I wanted to break into film, but I knew it was going to be really hard to just start writing, which is what my real, like, passion and forte is. But, uh, yeah, I like the physical aspect of it, the creative, the design side. Like, people at QVC, they know that I write, and they're all like, well, why aren't you on the production side? And I'm like, you're talking about live retail television this isn't creative writing (laughs) (laughs) so yeah set design is a lot of fun especially if you get to work on a variety of projects because I worked on uh, a series of music videos that was set in an old barn and we had to do an apothecary setup Um, I got to be on a feature film in uh, somewhere in South Jersey and we had to work a, a bed and breakfast that was very vintage looking and just tweak it for the script. But, you know, nothing is too simple. You always have to think about what could go wrong. <laughs> always. Be prepared. Yeah. Yes. And I got to work on a, like, heating and air conditioning commercial shoot. Um, I did a college student film with uh sarah kazowski she actually came and was the the lead actress in that and i got a i had a lot of fun getting to make different props and design products for that and everything adds to your portfolio like nothing is too small you're always going to get experience you're always going to learn something no matter what um and that's my like my biggest advice is just do anything and everything. If you have the time for it, if you can afford to do it, just go learn something. Just go have fun. 
Just yeah. help each other out. <laughs> and give it a hundred percent. I've yeah. always, I've always found that you know, if you think something's a little small and you show up, and you know, being on set is so special that mm-hmm. can't waste it. You know, right? It, 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 your behavior on set um, and your energy and output can always lead to something else, or yeah. it can, if you just kind of hang out and. Eh, whatever. Eh, you know. Oh, I wanted to to do lighting on this, but they have a lighting guy. It, it doesn't help you at all. You know, if anything, it can only hurt you because people are watching. Yeah, I mean that's a really big part of, especially indie filmmaking. Is you know, it's no joke. They say it's all about who you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean like you're only going to get work if you know people but have no talent, or vice versa. Like. You can be as talented as possible, but if you're not, you know, making sure people see you, then you don't know what's going to be next. So we've gotten really lucky, I think. Like, everybody we work with has been really friendly, and they just want to help each other out, and then that makes you want to help them out. And so that's why I like working with positive people. Yeah, so networking is everything Mm -hmm. in indie film. You can't get a job. You can't get anyone to answer their phone if you don't know them or have a relationship with them Mm -hmm. or have the work you know for someone starting out it can be a bit of a catch-22 um how for someone starting out what would you say is a good good advice on how to approach um a filmmaker or a project that might be a little more established that they want to they want to be a part of Wow, more established. (laughs) I mean, uh, I think it's good to have ambitious goals, especially if you have the work ethic and the personality to follow it up, even though you don't necessarily have the experience. Um, You know, every film set can be really stressful if you let it be, but if you have a team of people who are there to keep each other sane, (laughs) it makes all the difference. So, you know, it's nice to have people that you know have been on, like, however many shoots, but if they've never showed progress on all of those shoots, and then you have somebody new who's hungry and ambitious for it, you're probably going to give them a chance, especially as a production assistant. I guess that's the biggest answer, is, like, join anything as a production assistant. Um, and that can be a different description depending on what kind of project you're on. Like we're used to narrative film. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I don't find it on like indie projects with narrative film to be like the most grunt work. If you were to be on reality TV, you know, something really legit coming to your area, or if you're going to New York or Philly to find that kind of work, yeah, you're going to have to drive the cars. You're going to have to go get lunch. You're going to have to load and unload the trucks. But you can get a decent paycheck for those. I've done it a handful of times. And you're going to meet a lot of people, too. Yeah. Especially people in your area, if you're all like coming from the same general vicinity. Um, I've met a handful of people through that. Uh, I got to work on different wedding shows and different, like, corporate shoots and people either coming to Philly or I'm going outside of Philly because that's where I am right now. I live in Philadelphia and it's not the most work, 
But when you find something, you might be seeing the same faces on every shoot. So you tend to give each other your contact information. Mm. And there's kind of like an unspoken bond there of like, hey, if you get a call for a project and they need more people, or if you get a call and you're not available, can you contact me? Sure. And that's a great way to get started on um, the most legit shoots, you know, the big budget projects. Even when we were working out for this wedding show, I forget what it's called. It's like some four weddings show where like the girls rank each other's weddings. It's really horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definite reality TV fodder. Yeah. And we were out near like Allentown or something. But that was like a good hour drive back to Philly or something longer. And the other guys, the other production assistants were coming from like Delaware and New Jersey. So they had a really long drive too. And as production assistants, they weren't putting us up in a hotel. And we were doing these wedding shoots that would go on with the interview portion until like one o'clock in the morning. Mm. And they'd be like, okay, we'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m., go home now <laughs> wait I've just been working like you know eight hours straight doing grunt work and now I have like an hour to a 90 minute drive at one in the morning so I got lucky and I found people who just happened to live nearby and I called them and I was like hey can I crash at your place sneak in at 1 2 o'clock in the morning and then leave early the next day um, so yeah, I told all those production assistants, I was like, you guys, I have a spare room at my house in Philly. If you ever work in the area and you can't drive home, just call me and like stay at my place. Cause that's the kind of community we are in indie filmmaking. Everybody has to help each other out. It should, it should never be like, oh, I can't take that job because it's too far of a drive for me. Hmm. And yet you also have to stay safe. Like nobody should be driving home at two in the morning with a 90 minute drive when they're falling asleep. It's yeah. not the 150 paycheck that you're not going to get till 30 days later right it's not worth it along there oh, i'm getting shorter uh, raising my chair <laughs> um so when someone new um approaches you you know it's a very stressful thing for them it, it's it's yeah. something for you where you're like well i don't who is this person and you know it, I find that the best encounters like that are from someone with good and positive energy. Because um, I know a lot of people are kind of nervous. And, it, you know, if, if you show that you're nervous, then the first impression is this person is nervous. And it's it's kind of silly to just say don't be nervous. But, you know, if you, <laughs> if you come at it like, hey, I this is what I do... Um, I really mm -hmm. liked, if it's at a film festival, I really like what I saw. Um, I really like what you're doing. To me, that's those are the best encounters I had versus someone that wants to keep you there and pick your brain for eight hours. And Right. I usually bring some of those people aboard um, when it's a pleasant, nice interaction. Yeah, interactions are everything. I mean, I'm not the best at it. Um... Who is? <laughs> But I think anybody who can, you know, break the ice, I give them a lot of kudos. Like, I'll always take down your information and contact you if you kept it short and sweet. You know, you got to have the elevator pitch. You got to know what your skill set is. And I think that's the most important thing when you introduce yourself is don't just say, I love movies. 
dude. What? <laughs> have you ever made a movie? Like, what do you want to do? Like, my biggest question to anybody whenever I meet them is, what do you want to do? What yeah. are your goals? Like, if you've only ever been a production assistant, is that what you want to do for a while? Are you still trying to figure out what your interests are? Um, because if you're fine being a production assistant and have no aspirations, I'm only ever going to ask you to come out as a production assistant, you know? Sure. But, yeah, I think it's really important to introduce yourself. Um, one of my, like, most common pieces of advice is always say what you are. Don't say, I want to be. Hmm. You can lie a little bit. Like... <laughs> You know, don't go around telling people I'm an award-winning director if you've never directed anything. Like right. that's a, five, <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch, and people are gonna remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's but, this person. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But if the you're gonna directed, say like, nothing. "Oh, I want to be a cinematographer," you gotta follow that up with, "What are you doing to be a cinematographer?" You right. know, are you taking classes? Have you used any equipment? Are you at least making steps towards experience? Um, right. Anybody can want something, people. but you know, you want to see at least that initiative that they've taken the first step. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's just, I hate to put it this way, but it could be a waste of your time. You don't know. Right. Yeah. And I think it can be harder for some people, depending on what it is that you want to do. Like I'm a writer, so it's hard for me to go up to people. I'm never going up to people to try to like you know, direct their next project. I more so just want to meet other writers so that we can exchange work with each other. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, yeah, my forte is comedy. I'm, a, I'm doing short form a lot. Would you ever want to share scripts? Or is there any chance you might want to co-write something? Because you have to get other people's feedback. Like, you're wasting time if you're not getting feedback on a script before you go into production. Right. Because a lot of people who get on your production, they just want to be there. It's sad to say, but like, I've worked with a handful of people and I've gotten through production and then we cut it all together and I'm like, I'm not happy with this script. <laughs> mm, yeah, all that effort. Yeah, I'm like, it's, like, these are my first like one or two projects in the beginning and then I met people that I really trusted who I knew could be honest with me. Uh, so as a writer, like you got to get advice from people. You have to kind of put your own ego aside. You have to be willing to like kill your heroes and you might fall in love with a scene. You might fall in love with a character, but it just might not work for the story you're trying to tell. You might just have found that scene or that character sooner than you found the rest of the story. Right. And you can always repurpose it in something yeah. else, you know, you don't have to, here goes the chair. You don't, you don't have to, as they say, kill your darlings or anything yeah. like that. You can just you put can it remove aside. it from now because if it's really good, it'll fit mm -hmm. in something else. Yeah. Um, and then you have some, something to work from when uh, you have writer's block or you're stuck coming up with a new idea. Now I want to talk really quickly with you about, um, the social media aspect of networking because I feel from what I've seen you're very good at that um, and you, you don't just share your work you share other people's work which is great yeah. you shared some of my things a few times you shared some of um, some other filmmakers that I guess we both know but we've never 
the three of us have never been in a room, and I, I just think it's yeah. so great that you're able to highlight others. Uh, what tips do you have? Um. Oh gosh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, as far as networking and sharing other people's work, for me, the biggest part is just to show somebody that I'm supporting them. But it's also a bit of a soft brag because you're like, wow, look what this person is doing. By the way, I know them. Yeah. So, <laughs> it kind of works both ways. And when you see somebody share your work, you're more likely to want to share their work. So it's just this great creative cycle that, you know, it's nonstop. Um, a lot of the people I've met through my own films are always doing their own stuff which is great. I know a lot of people who are just, you know, self-starters, they're always working on something, which can be a bit of a double-edged sword because if we're all trying to work together, it's like, are you busy right now? Like, do you have time for my project? But I think that's a great problem to have. Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. So wherever somebody is sharing their stuff, I try to give it a share as many times as I can. And like you said, we have a lot of friends in common and some of them we've never been on the same set together, which is cool. And I'll see people who are mutual friends and I'm like, I don't think they've ever been on a set together. And I think they only know each other through all of our social medias. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a couple people <laughs> like that. Like I don't, I've never met this person in my life, but I follow what they do. And, you know, before my chair shrinks me out of frame. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, thanks so much. This has been a great chat. This is Jess Mealy of This Jess Productions. And where can people see your work? Um, I have most of my work on YouTube. So you can just look for This Jess, one word, T-H-I-S-J-E-S, -S, films on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram to follow me and watch my work. Great. And I'll have links in the description. Jess Mealy, Philly filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. Thank you.